Bye. Hello, everyone. Can you guys hear me out there? Hey, Steve, how's our sound, baby? Good? All right. I'm assuming you can all hear me. So we are going to start the show. Um, Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. I have a great, great show for you. I have an incredible guest for you tonight. Um, You know what? I'm going to play my theme song uh, because I think it's appropriate for this show because it's funny. So let's start there. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do. Just what to do, just what to do. If what you're feeling is really true. It's really true. Really true. Just keep your ideas safe and sound. Safe and sound, safe and sound. That's exactly how change is found. Change is found, change is found. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. Well, guys... I have such an incredible guest tonight, today. I'm going to have him introduce himself, and then, of course, I'm going to read the guest poem. Say hello, Angelo. Hi, everybody. My name is Angelo Capone. So, um, I'm going to, I didn't want him to tell you anything, not anything about him at all. This is probably the longest guest poem I've ever written, but I say that with pride, because when I heard his story, guys, I had to honor it. The guy is incredible, not just because of what he does. So let's start with this. I named it Angelo. Angelo Capone is my guest today. This guy's story will blow you away. His story is awesome, bringing hope to you all. Bringing you laughter is Angelo's call. Jerry Lewis, the man, he does not perform. The nutty professor has become his norm. He grew up in Brooklyn, movies he'd watch. At seven years old, drums became his notch. As an awkward kid, dyslexic and shy, also illiterate, a very sad guy. Secondary, he felt, from education he ran, without confidence, felt less of a man. His drums helped him hide, but also escaped. Since music and acting, he's now been reshaped. He was tutored in silence, his friends couldn't know. He so dreaded school, but still had to go. When asked any question, answers not known, he dropped things instead. The focus was blown. Thank God for high school, a teacher was sent. Mr. Alperin's his hero. With him, years were spent. He taught him with patience. He taught him with love. This godly man was sent from above. Even in high school, behind the mic he'd hide, impersonating Jerry, he'd do such, he'd do with such pride. The principal would ask him to make announcements each day. No one knew it was him. Entertaining was his way. He loved the drums and Beatles, but life took its course, put his drums on hold with feeling remorse. As a young man, his parents were there, always showing support, taught him to care. 
A brother, Anthony, who grew up really smart, even graduated early in the service, did his part. As a Vietnam vet returned to find hate, got Agent Orange to be ill, now his fate. Along with this illness and feeling misplaced, addiction took hold, turmoil he faced. You couldn't accept him. Your parents had faith. Don't give up on your brother. Forever will wait. Your brother is 70, a hero to you. All things can work when goodness shines through. Back to your story when you were a kid. Never live life, your feelings you hid. A womanizer you became to help you with schoolwork. I bet a bad rep you got, the girls called you a jerk. As a little boy, you saw a man in skit, pretending to be you. With you, he made a hit. The boy was confused as well, and also refused to understand. He had your faces and your moves allowed your silliness to expand. The man was on a big screen for all the world to see. Making people laugh and scream, you thought, that could be me. That character brought you joy. You wanted to pay back. By keeping Jerry Lewis alive, you finally found your knack. A limo driver early on, Sinatra and Dean you met, along with lots of others, great moments in life, I bet. Comedies in your blood, you really didn't sing. Doing characters bring joy. Now on to your next thing. Editing film and performing on stage is what you want to do. The golden age of entertainment all along was here for you. You don't impersonate Jerry, his character you become. The nutty professor and Melvin and Jerry Jr., to name some. Sidney the butterfly hunter and Carmen Miranda too, Buddy Lee and Stanley, just to name a few. As you started doing Jerry, your parents noticed it too. Even your baby pictures resembled him, it's true. You were never considered a clown, a comic you became. Age is only a number, you are now in the game. Music and comedy is a portion of the world's medicine today. Your moment is now, never too late, keeping negativity at bay. Another person who holds your heart, your wife Esther, is set far apart. Her love to you is timeless. The most important of them all, Esther's there to help lift you up so not to fall. A caring and great mother, a nanny to the grands, her heart is oh so big, God's placed them in her hands. This special lady Esther who doesn't even know, without her right beside you, your being couldn't grow. Your faith in God has strengthened from where it used to be. You now realize your gifts are for all the world to see. It's really quite amazing how God shows you he's real. You can read and understand his word with other books you just can't deal. Out of your shell and God-fearing, able to read and write as well with God and Jerry Lewis, now happy on earth you dwell. Your real treasures are in heaven. Our lives are simply a test, taking our gifts we're given and sharing them with the rest. Something your parents taught you, which helped to make you whole. You deserve to give back to you, then Jesus can now heal your soul. Never stop paying it forward. Never stop believing in you. Never stop praising Jesus. Before you were born, he knew you. That's for you, Angela. I have to say one thing. Hearing this story on the other side of this phone just gave me a tear because it was like I was listening to somebody about somebody else. And then I realized it was about me. <laughs> and 
I, I, all memories came back as you were speaking. Yeah, and that's that's what that's what that is really. When you do poems like this and speak, it should tell brings the story to life, and it brought it brought it back to life. And I just see myself as that little boy. I see myself growing, and I see myself hiding from the friends of uh, the, the problems that I had to deal with. So it, I, I I give you so much credit how you wrote that. It, it's just a, it's a amazing how how words are so powerful. So I thank you. Well, I thank you for allowing me to write it. I mean, you know, your story just touched me. It was incredible. You know, when you, when you first got in touch with me on Facebook and I saw your photo, I said, this can't be real. This is the Nutty Professor. <laughs> and, you know, it's not even like I've met you now in person. So everyone out there, I really want you to understand this guy is him. You know, it's not the makeup. It's none of that. Um, it's it's unbelievable. But now let's talk about you and let's talk about what you do. And, you know, um, you want to give them a shout out as a nutty professor. Let's start there. Uh, well, let, let, let me tell you how I teach the nutty professor because anybody can do it. There's a word that he used throughout the whole movie. And I always believe that word gave him his depth to the voice. And the <laughs> word is actually. But it just actually, I uh, really like to find uh, someone that, if you just throw that word out, actually, keep saying actually, and just deepen your voice. I have taught so many people that they, every, when I see them now, it's like the, the whole conversation is, as they're talking to me, they're going actually, because they know they got it. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun voice to do. And get that word, and you you'll be be you'll be able to do it yourself. So <laughs> that threw that out to you. Uh, you know what's funny about that 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 whole thing, uh, uh, the Nutty Professor. When I seen it at ten, you don't mind if I just I need to. This is I, I want you I, to. Yeah. Okay. At ten years old, when I seen the movie in nineteen sixty three. Well, my mother took me because she was my pal. We used to go. I used to go to her movie, and and then I would bring up a movie. Even though she took me to more of her movies, like I had to sit through Doctor Chivago. <laughs> I, nine years old, ten years old. I'm like, hey, ma, do I really have to be here? But that's who I was to her, and that's who she was to me. But it's funny when that movie first came out in 1963. I'm like nine, ten years old, and I really did. I really didn't get that. I did the voice right away, but I didn't do the understanding until, say, 1970, 71, when I was in high school. Oh. And, and, and the thought came to me that I don't say, I haven't brought this up a lot, but it, it rang, it, it rang back to my memory, my memory of here I was with, with my close friends and uh, we used to play they used to play cards on Wednesday night and I wasn't much of a card player or a gambler and I would just hang around have fun make them laugh be with the with the mothers and the uncles having you know macaroni or something and and there I was uh, while they were in, in the heart of the game and, 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 and they were into it there I was on the couch watching the Nutty Professor and I remember that night saying wow I forgot I know this because there was a lapse there because I was going through my struggles. I was a, 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 a boy who couldn't read. I couldn't, I, I had dyslexia. And, and my whole life was hiding from that 9, 
to say uh, 17, good 10 years of hiding my life because that was the heart of school. That was the time of being educated uh, and, and, and finding a direction and, and, and exposing who you are. Well, I didn't really have too much of that. I was just the guy, the kid in the neighborhood and one of the guys with no extra skill. But uh, the comedy was always there. And that night, it, it, it brought life back to me. Like, hey, wow, this Jerry's mine, you know. And then how I sat and thought about, like, you know, like I tell people, Jerry, Jerry I don't do Jerry Lewis, as I told you that. I, right. I tell everybody, I don't do Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis did me. Yeah. He was a character. You know, people don't get it. You know, when they look at Jerry Lewis, you know, uh, it's really like a schizophrenic. You know, when they watch him on an interview on TV, he's he's a totally different guy until he gets silly. But when he's on that TV or if he's being interviewed, he's like another person. That's the Dr. and Jekyll of Hyde, of, of the nutty professor that I see. Because when he's on the screen, everybody thinks that's Jerry Lewis. No. That's the character. Jerry Lewis is this serious, brilliant. He was a brilliant guy. This guy was so brilliant that he invented the repeat video. He re- he discovered this. Anything that a, a camera repeats, he invented that. Hmm. But and, and that alone made him a multi multi millionaire because everybody has replay. He invented the replay. So as talking about his, as Jerry and thinking who he is. He's not this little boy who was uh, confused or uh, never taken serious. He was very taken serious as as the man and for, and for who he was, Jerry Lewis. The mm-hmm. character was made up. It was, a, 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 you know, it's funny too. Dean Martin made that little boy and people don't get it. If you listen to Jerry Lewis's interviews, Dean Martin made that little boy. Only until Dean came he became the monkey and the man, the little boy and, and the old man. Before that, he was just a, a pantomimer and, it did, you know, did, he did silly things, but he didn't label himself. And that label was me. The label was the little boy who was confused, couldn't understand why he was struggling, couldn't understand why he didn't fit in. Hmm. He was there, but he didn't fit in, and and that's a lot of people in this world. They're they're there in the mix, but they're not fitting in because they're not being asked to be uh, uh, to be uh, part. Let's right. put it that way. Right. They're not asked to be a part. Right. And that's why some people have to break down the walls to to be somebody. And it took me a long time because I didn't know how to break down those walls because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very shy kid. Until I get on stage, then it's like I'm another person. Well, that I am that other person because I was that person, so it becomes easy for me not to be shy. And some people go up on stage the opposite. You know, they go up there, they do the performance, and they still have a shyness or, or, or they forget... Uh, 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 what was given to them to get on that stage and then they bring all their fears and worries and, and, and I sit there and I go 
I'm the opposite. I get on the stage, that's who I really was, was that kid. Because that's what I was doing at nine years old, being the funny one. Being the one that when I, uh, like when you see an, a, a, an impression of, 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 uh, of Jerry's face when he spills a, 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 a couple of dishes on the floor and then he gives that turnaround and looks in the camera and he puts that face. I did that same face without a camera. And why I did that face, because I was thinking in my brain, if I get caught as the little boy knocking this over, it would be, what did you do? But if I put the face on that was natural, I kept it, because then it'd be like, oh, this little boy, oh, he's just confused, oh, I had an excuse. Okay. Because it was really there. It was really there, so I just extended it and and then made fun of it as I was making fun of what I was doing. So I incorporated all this in that character that Jeremy was doing on screen. And when I first seen that, my father was a film buff. We had African Costello movies. We had uh, uh, the Three Stooges, the Marx Brothers, the Martin and Lewis. But we didn't have sound in our day. Ours was just put up the put up the screen, and we used to watch uh, film. And, and I think about how far technology came out. Here I am, you know, uh, in my sixties, and and we didn't have sound. It's so crazy now. It, it's like so blown out of sound and and uh, speakers. But I used to see this guy's face and go like, wait a minute, he's making fun of me, and that and I used to pull back in my in my shyness, like. What is he doing? Is he imitating? I remember, I'm seven, eight years old. I'm like, what is, you know, why do I relate to this guy? Wait, I have a question. Wait, wait. I don't want to forget. So you just said, okay, you were watching him and you're saying to yourself as a child, is he making fun of me? When you said that to yourself, did that upset you as a child? Well, well, no, I I never, upsetting was because I couldn't do Oh. That didn't upset me. It confused me. Because then it was like, I don't need to be upset if he's doing it. I'm doing it. I guess it's okay. But I couldn't understand, why is he doing this? Okay. Why Why is everybody, why is he projecting this? Okay. Now, I understood at seven that what movies were. I mean, I started at three, four years old standing in, the, in front of the mirror. I had thick black hair like Elvis. Okay? And I, I I combed my hair and lacquered it like Elvis and put a jacket and was doing Elvis in, in, the, in, in the mirror. And my favorite song was Stuck on You. So I, I was already in, in, in entertainment <laughs> groove already. And, and, and how funny that I'm going after a guy like Elvis who's cool and, 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 not silly and, and taken serious, but yet inside I wasn't really that guy. So I was imitating Elvis, but I was really Jerry Lewis's character. So I, I, I understood what was going on. So when then when he came on and I got a little older, I was like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop the film, wait a minute. I'm not imitating this guy. This guy's imitating me. See how funny that is? So I'm like, wait a minute. So what did it do? Put me in confusion. 
Like, wait a minute, what? this guy's doing me, I'm doing him. But why is everybody, he's, I knew somewhere in my subconscious mind that this guy was an entertainer and he's making money, he's making people laugh, and he's all around the world. Because, you know, when we were kids in the 50s and 60s, that was the heart of entertainment. That was, there was entertainment up the gazoo. Today is not entertainment. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just a lot of nonsense. It's a lot of copies. It's a lot of, that was pure beginning. Yes. And so, so I was like, wow, look at this. Where, where, where this, where can this begin for me? But yet, because I wasn't educated, I said it can't. I, it can't because I, I couldn't. If someone said to me, uh, 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 "Just saying now, well, you could be a child actor here. You got to go and uh, take this script and look," I would run because I look at that page and I couldn't see nothing. Nothing came to me. I seen everything backwards. I, I, I spoke backwards. When I wrote, when I write, I have to do it three, four times to make sure because when I, I'm writing, let's say I said I, uh, uh, I'm writing, I see the dog down the street. I write, I see down the street. I forget to put the dog in there. You know what I mean? So that's what this like is all about. It's your, your brain is going faster than what you could do, and okay. what, what's going on because your brain is going. Okay. And the thing and the thing is. That's what makes me do the character of Jerry. My brain is going. See, Jerry's character was a go. Just keep going. You never see him rest. Even when he edits, when he does his own movies, when he did Ladies Man and Nutty Professor, he edits one into the other right away. Right away. There's no, there's no storyline. Like, uh, uh, give an example. In the Ladies Man, he's cleaning. He's he's the 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 boy that's uh, taking care of. Uh, if, you, if nobody out there in Radio Land didn't see the Ladies Man, he's taking care of say twenty women. And there he is. He's the house boy, and he's he's dusting a, a, a frame with twenty uh, butterflies in it. Okay. And, and he opens it up, and the butterflies happen to be real and leave. And then he goes into the next scene. See, he goes from one to the other because his mind is always going. Why did Martin Lewis became so successful that night? Because when the guy said, I thought you two guys were going to make us laugh and have some, he told him, I'm going to write this on a piece of paper, go with me. See, he knew how to write it and keep going. Dean was the brilliant one that knew how to put it and make him go. Gotcha. So, I had to turn around and be, it sounds funny. Because I think that when before Jerry knew that he could do it on his own, he needed Dean to lead him there. Then he realized, I'm just going to take what I learned from Dean and bring it to the next movie on my own. So all credit goes to Dean in my eyes. So what I had to learn was, okay, I got to do the same thing. I got to I got to know there's a Dean in my brain, and I got to know when to come out, when to exit, when to when to en- enter when to stop, who to be with, and who not to be with. And that's when I started to learn how to use this character. I did it on my own. Now, I am more happier when I am with a, a Dean or, or, or Frank Sinatra or uh, uh, a Marilyn Monroe or a just a crooner who could sing, make female or, or male, and they become my props. It works better for me. But I know now I don't need it. I could handle it. I could do it. And what is that? Right now, I'm putting a one-man show, okay. which I never done. I never did a one-man show. And, and, and like my my uh, 
partner sound slash uh, 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 slash uh, sound man partner and helps me write these shows and puts my music together. He said, Ange, just go out and be Angelo Capone and tell your story. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm being Angelo Capone coming out and then I'm ending it with Jerry Lewis. Wait, I'm I want to I want to interrupt you. I want to interrupt you. So I want everybody out there to know that not only did I meet him in person, he came out to do an incredible fundraiser for me this past weekend at Friendlies in Robbinsville for disabled American vets. And we had an entertainer, a singer, who had a car accident last minute and couldn't be there. Well... We had magicians there. We had some. We had Frankie Sweets on keyboards. I mean, it was great. But Angelo Capone took over. He emceed. He took up. The show was incredible, and that was winging it. That was something he didn't even realize he was going to be basically alone there. So I'm here to say how incredible this guy is. Um, if, I mean, he pulled that off. Everybody just went crazy for you at that show. So I know you're capable, kiddo. Uh, well, that I, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, it's so funny. What was going through my brain that night when you said nobody's here and I was going, I, in my head, I'm screaming. Ah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, okay. Because it doesn't matter if there's a thousand people. See, this is the, this is the entertaining world that, that the outside is sitting don't understand. If there's a thousand people or one person there, it's the same to us. I, I should say for me. It's the same for me. Okay. It doesn't change. That one person is my thousand people. And everybody that I look in there, I, I, when I look out in that audience, they're one person to me. There could be a thousand people there, but each person is their own when I look at them. It's, it's, it's like I'm just performing to them. Because understand where I get this. When I was a kid, I could only go one by one. I could only relate to one by one. Oh, I had I had to pace my my words, my thinking, my understanding, and then my to express it. It was everything was one by one. You mentioned Mr. Alperin, who was my hero in school. We did everything one, one, one on one. Even though we had ten kids in the class, now he didn't have many kids. He picked out. The slow kids, and if there was ten of us in that class, he—it still was one on one. He taught one on one, so I got my learning one on one. So when I put myself on that stage, everybody that I'm looking at is—they're by themselves. So I am performing for them. So if I have something to say, I say it to them, and I remember everything and everything they said and did to me at the end of the show. And then, like my wife will say, because uh, what happens to me in the in the beginning when I was doing this, I go back into my shy uh, 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 shell, and she say, "Ange, you gotta get out there and talk to these people. You you gotta." And I'm like, "Okay." And, and now Angela Pone's coming out now. It's not Jerry Lewis, you know what I mean? And she said, "Just bring Jerry out there." I'm like, "Okay," but you remember, this is Ange. And then I started to use that one on one. Like, wait a minute. Then I, when I went to, out there, I would tell everybody what they did or what they said, and you did, and then they knew I was paying attention, and then I knew what I was doing was study, and it, and, and for me the study was the accomplishment because I didn't have to study as a kid. Study, it was called cheating. 
<laughs> right. So I understood like, wow, that one-on-one gave me study. So I could go out and say, so how'd you like that joke? And they knew, oh, you're talking to me. Oh, you remembered. And it, 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 it edified them and it, re- and it gave me the reward that, oh, wow, it just broke my shyness. My shyness just crushed. And I, I, I just came out like a, a like a, a dozen roses. Wow! And 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 now that's what I do. You know, I, I when I went if you remember what I did was uh, I turned around and I said at the end, "What is everybody thankful for?" You remember? Go ahead. What did I say? You were thankful I, for you. Remember, I had the, I had the nutty you took, teeth in. You took your that you didn't look. You took the teeth out and you took the I wig took off. The teeth, I said, "I'm thankful that these are not my." Teeth. Yeah, and you took your wig I, off. I, I'm thankful that this is not my hair. Yeah, and I'm thank you for that these are not my glasses because I'm not Jerry Lewis. I'm Angelo Capone. Right. So I put the two into one, and that and that's what I was. That's what I'm thankful for. That I could stand on the stage, be Jerry the comedian. And Angelo Capone, the person. Wow, that's incredible. And, and that's that's what that's what that's what I that's what I do. You know, when I could come across a, a show like that, and I knew I could do it at yours because I'm in control now. Yeah, understand? There's a lot of shows I'm not in control, and I don't and I don't do that. So when I know I can, I go around like, "What are you thankful for?" And it, everybody is, and they're in their way thankful for somebody or something else I am surely thankful for others and, and, and for things but I am thankful for where I who I was and where I came from so I want to alright so let me touch base on that a little bit um, you know your story is is so incredible to me and I've said this to you before to bring hope to others because there's so many people out there even as adults you know, kids, it breaks my heart, you know what I mean, when kids are suffering. But these kids grow up to be adults who continue to suffer. If there's anything you can say to anyone out there who's still stuck as an adult, what would it be to help them come out of it? Okay, it's, it's, it, listen, it's very simple. And whatever your beliefs are, it doesn't matter if you believe there's a god. If you believe there's not a god, if 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 you believe that uh, you were put here for a reason, or you were put here and you don't understand your reason, there's always one thing you always have to go back to. Each person on this earth has a gift, and it's given to you. True gifts are given to you. You don't create a gift. You don't practice a gift. You don't learn a gift. And when I, it, it, if it's your birthday, I get the gift. I wrap it up. I put a bow on it. I go to your party and I present it to you. Always bring yourself back to it. It's your party. And you have a gift. That gift is nobody's but yours. And you could bring that gift out instead of going home with your gift and and keeping it for yourself open the gift amongst the people at your party and give it back Hmm. beautiful The, the giving of the gift 
will create for you the reward instead of the, fa- the, the failure. It will create for you the faith instead of the fear. It will create for you to move instead of being still. And it, and, 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 the, and here's the greatest part about this. Everybody knows their gift. Because it's overwhelming. A gift is overwhelming. When I give you a gift on your birthday, it's overwhelming. I don't care if you had 10 of the same gifts. It's still overwhelming because you just got something. But most of the time, you don't get what someone else got got for you because there may be a conversation or what are you going to get. But even, even not even by coincidence, it's usually something different. Even if you get the two shirts, the two different shirts, you can wear one on one night and the other one on another night. So it just made that day, made that, that moment special because mm. it, it, you can wear it. Right. Wear your gift. Wear it. Find, the, find out what it is and then use it because that gift may be the calling for you, number one, to step out and maybe it's even more to step in for, for greater thing. Wow. Beautifully so here said. I am. Here I am at sixty-five. I never, in a million years, thought I was going to retire and do Jerry Lewis. I was waiting to do my music. Again, I, uh, uh, you, you mentioned music, drums. I started playing drums at seven years old. Now think about what I just talked about again. Here's a kid that can't look. I'm looking at a book. I can't get it. I can't even do blocks and get them straightened out. Oh. Okay. Here, I'm sitting at a kitchen table, and my family on both sides, we all grew up together. And most of us, uh, except really for one, my brother, were all musicians who played the piano, who played the accordion. And then I'm talking about champion accordion, uh, and uh, piano players, and violinists, and sax who were in contests. And in our day, they used to be in contest you know there was always a con today it's just you're just a musician in those days yeah you learned it and you went into a car i was the only drummer and my uncle at seven years old is watching me bang the forks and knives on the table and the glasses and he turns to my father i had um, i had three uncles an aunt and and my father they were all musicians and my aunt could have been a great singer, but my grandfather from the other side of, of, of uh, uh, and from uh, Italy was like, you, you this, is th- those are bums. Musicians are bums. Wow. You go, you go get a career. <laughs> so they didn't, they didn't take their, 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 their music serious as for playing. They took their music and they loved music. They loved their Sinatra, their Benny Goodman, their Artie Shaw, their uh, Billy Holiday, they knew music, unbelievable. And what they did was give it and transfer it over to the kids. You know, they were like, "Yeah, my father was my best fan. My father came to me on rock concerts with my band and sat next to me with cotton in his ears, practically." You're like, and and we had a we had a six family apartment building that my grandfather owned, and we had a big cellar. My father built my stage for my band. So I could play every day so he could listen to me as he was building because he was a carpenter on the side. As he's building, he's what? Hands go play. 
by myself, go bang away. He was my biggest fan. So my uncle was like, yeah, here's a drummer. Yeah, you think so? Within three days, my uncle came out of nowhere with a big drum that was like, when, when I sat behind the seat, you couldn't even see me behind. It was 28 inches. I think I was half that. And a, and, and a snare drum and a cymbal, and that was it. I couldn't look at a book. Oh boy, I was doing beats right off my head. And and where did it come from? It's a gift. You know, and you know, and you know what's funny? This is what happens as as you get older and you think you're getting smarter. I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. And I, to me, I was a greater drummer then. I I have more knowledge today, but because of my thinking was clear I was a better drummer in my playing versus I am now because through the years you think too much you arrange too much you don't you don't you don't you stop yourself when I was a kid it was like you had to throw something at me because my mind was like wow I could play drums listen to this listen to that as you get older and you get involved with musicians you stop and go maybe we shouldn't do this uh, uh, you shouldn't do that and you stop that train that's on that track just the, the, the light is green just keep going no we stop ourselves You're and, right. I, I, and then now at 65 I'm going back to that understanding like everything I did as a kid was the best because your mind is clear your understanding is different especially knowing your gift wait I want to interrupt you I want to wait I want to interrupt you because Steve is even saying so interesting and, and, he, and it is you know like what you're saying about as you know what how how a child's mind thinks versus an adult's mind you know and then you know here's here's the sad part for me like with children you know if I'm I'm just going to throw this into the mix and and this isn't what it's about but like bullying and all that you know things have come into play with kids but if we would just let kids be kids they could rule the world. Well, see, you just gave the answer. Yes. You just gave the answer. See, what we do, we talk about it too much today. If they didn't talk about bullying, right. half, the, half the people wouldn't know what bullying is. There you go. When I was a kid, you got smacked, you went to the schoolyard, you had it out, and you got it over. That was me. Yes. So, right. So now, that became, that became the challenge of oneself. What they do today is, they bring everything to the forefront that makes the challenge not a, the forefront no more. They make it a problem, and then they try to solve the problem. They're trying to solve the problem. The problem is right there to solve. You got you someone's bullying you. You step up and and defend yourself. That's right. They talk about how to defend, and and what they're doing is they they add more to it versus then solving it. So now it becomes a bigger thing, and it becomes more of a problem, and a bigger problem, instead of just dealing with it. Nobody deals with anything today. That's the problem. You know, Nobody deals with it. They want to correct it by having a, a, a discussion about it, and then telling everybody where they're wrong and where they're right. So I want to say something about that. So no. you're absolutely right, because what you did with your life was... You dealt with it, and you found a solution, and you handled it, and you overcame it, 
and look what it's done for you. And wh- and why did I do that, Jack? I mean, I, see, I, I can't answer gonna, why you did it. Okay. I'm give you the word. I survived. Kids don't know how to survive. Right, today. right. That made me survive because if I didn't do that, I would have been, I, I would have been nowhere. I, I would have been the kid that maybe was the stock boy in a, in a grocery store my whole life because I would have hid behind the cans of food. Gotcha. So I said, no, I'm going to go survive this. How am I going to survive this? I have to find a way to do it. Now, there were things that I did were not right. I didn't hurt anybody. If anything was going to come back and hurt me, but I learned to deal with the hurt because I was already hurting. So, so I learned that. So, Angelo. Example, give me an example. I did not, when it came to schoolwork, right? Jerry, this might sound funny, but I had all the girls do my homework. I had one doing my history. I had one doing... Why? How am I going to hand in my... How am I going to... How am I going to graduate if I'm not showing something? So I had someone help me in one in one subject while the other one's doing the other subject and the other one's doing the other subject. So mm. I would... I would They would help me. I would go over it. I would learn it. Now I got it. But if I didn't do that, that book is closed. That book is closed, and I, I would have been a dummy. So I said, instead of being a dummy, let me, this going to sound funny, let them be the dummy. Let the people around me be the dummy. What? I'm using them. I'm putting my hand behind their head, and I'm opening their mouth like Jeremiah doll. So listen, this is what I need. I need you to help me with this. All right, listen, we're doing accountants. Explain this, all right? And meanwhile, they were doing it. They were doing it. My own work, they were doing it. Then I just rewrite it in my own way. And then, what was great is the teacher would go, well, oh, yeah, Angela, I know you, you know, I would tell every teacher, you know, I'm dyslexic. Let me tell you about this English teacher, Mrs. McGuire. She was the most gorgeous. I, 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 I think I was, uh, in the ninth grade. Angela, ninth wait, grade. just one second, just so you know. We've got about 20 minutes left. Tell that story, but then I want you to do some entertaining for them. Okay. Here I am, tw- here is Mrs. McGuire, I'm like not eight, uh, ninth grade, she uh, could have been a model, she okay. was absolutely good, I just went to class just to look at her, okay, even though I'm panicking because she was the English teacher, so I said to myself, you know what, I said, Mrs. McGuire, can I talk to you, I'm dyslexic, I, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know this English, and the thing that panicked me, she used to make this read out loud, how am I going to read out loud? How am I going to read when I don't even know what I'm reading? All right? And and she would even challenge me. She'd say, today you're going to read. So until I get to you, you better start trying. So the time that the 12th person went around the room, I am, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get it. So you know what I did with her? I said, Mrs. McGuire, can I get up and talk about it? And she used to make me get up and talk about it. Hmm. And everybody used to be like, why is he talking about it? And everybody else is reading it. And she would make it like, oh, I like the way Angela speaks. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you say it, Angela. Because she knew I was in a, a, I, I, I was a, 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 one to express myself. And I remember Jerry's character was expressing. When he knocked over something, that's an, an expression. And, and, and is it the knocking over? No, it's how to come back up. After you knock something over and cover it. So she knew this of me. So she allowed me to speak. So here I am, learning, 
to survive. All right, I survived that one. I got this, okay? And I went to all of them when we had to take our uh, city finals, you know, whatever they were called. I told them, listen, there's no way I'm passing. So whatever you want to do with me. Jerry, I graduated. Mm. <laughs> I graduated. My father was like, my mother and father were like, well, we're not even going to discuss it, Angela. We're just going to celebrate it. Because they were like, Angela graduated. But I was tooted. I was tooted every day. Stickball. Three o'clock came, Mrs. Pirelli. Come down the street, park her car. Nobody knew. Everybody thought she was a doctor or a nurse. I used to run behind the back of the house, go on down the cellar, come up the steps, and it was Miss Pirelli. Was getting, nobody knew. Till this day. Till this day, my friends don't know. They don't know that I got tutored. They don't know that I was illiterate. They don't know that I was dyslectic. Now, you say, what are you hiding for? Hiding. They don't have to know. There are some things you have to do. You have to tell your things to your wife. And some things that you just don't have to. Why? Because you have to show it. That old saying, don't tell me you love me, show me you love me. It's You're the right. same thing. It's the same thing. So then that's when this all came, you know. And that's when when I looked at the screen, I went, hey, really? I really don't know what to do, Dean, but I'd really like to find out. <laughs> and that's what I did. I found out. I found out what to do. And now I bring it I bring it into a show. I bring it with Dean. Do a, do a my, little skit. my own skits. Do a I little skit for us. Hmm? Do a little skit for us. We have a few more minutes. All right, I uh, uh, yeah, the naughty professor. I give you a, 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 there's a joke uh, <laughs> of uh, uh, actually you think that uh, growing up like this, you know, it's very hard. I don't have my teeth on, my glasses, and my it's okay. Actually, you know, I this all began when I was a young boy. Uh, the teacher said to me, uh, Julius, because that's my name, Julius Cup. Uh, uh, what does chickens give us? And I uh, just looked around the room and I just said that chickens give us eggs. She said, very, very, very good. Now let me ask you another one, Julius. Uh, go ahead. Uh, what does pigs give us? So I looked around the room. I said, uh, pigs give us, uh, actually they give us uh, uh, bacon. Now I'm getting, actually I'm really getting hungry, bacon and eggs. I thought she was going somewhere with this. I thought we were going to the cafeteria. She said, that is very, very good. Uh, here's the last question for you, and this is the most important. What does big fat cows give us? So I looked around the room. I looked right, actually right in the dead in the eye, and I went, homework? And that's, you can understand why I'm in trouble today, because I looked at her and I looked at her as the big fat cow. And that's why I am who I am, because I don't know how to be that person, and actually, I really, really like to find my way, and now I am. Uh, that's what it is. And that's that's the nutty, and when I'm in the character, it, 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 it even comes out even more. Again, funny. See how, how important it is for me, how I channel in, when I put the, di- when I am looking at it, you know, people say to me, yeah, I see Jerry Lewis in you, and I don't. When I'm Angelo Capone, I don't see no Nutty, Buddy Love, or Jerry Lewis, uh, Stanley, Melvin. I don't until I channel in. But wait, then, but wait. I don't even, then I don't see Angelo. But wait, wait, wait. I got to say something about that. Hold on. Because then you must have reprogrammed your thinking to not see it. Because as a child, naturally, you did. Yes. Yes, because now I, I had to because now I was in the real world. You're saying now I'm in the world. When I was a kid. Okay, gotcha. A kid is in his world. Gotcha, gotcha. Now I was in the world. All right. 
So, all right. So here's what's happening, guys. So we're coming to the close of the show. This went quick. Um, Angelo, first of all, I want to thank you for being my guest. Your stories were incredible. Um, I'm still taken back by it. Your life. Um, We're coming to the close of the show. We have about 10 minutes left. And what I would like for you to do is tell everyone where they can find you, how they can connect with you, and what you're going to be doing. Okay. Uh, How you can connect with me is I have a, I started my own production company because uh, I was working with a lot of people out there and a lot of people don't give you the right time of day and there were times they thought I was stepping on their toes and I just realized, listen, they have every right to do what they want to do. It's given me again for me to do what I need to do for myself. So that was a learning, that was a learning for me. So you could get Go to face the number two face to face productions six eleven at uh, uh, dot com. So it's face to face productions six eleven dot com, and my videos will come up, and you could see what I do with face to face as the productions. You could also go to YouTube Angelo Capone as Jerry Lewis, and everything is there. And if they're ever interested in what I do and there's someone out there who wants a show and their restaurant, for me, the lounges, I like small and be one-on-one with people. You know, I'm not the one that's crazy and needs to be on the stage with 2,500 people. You give me 100 people, 125, that's who I like being with because it's about me and them. And uh, you can get in touch with uh, my 800 numbers, 877-605. Nine nine five two, and you could email me at face to face productions again with the number two six eleven at gmail dot com, and that's really it. Face to face productions. So now, real quick, tell us yes. what kind of shows you do. Do you do like the Rat Pack and? Okay, so I have a Martin and Lewis, which okay. is a Martin Lewis. It's called the Then and Now. What might have been? Because what I do is we're doing old. Uh, what they did together and what they did separate and what would they do today so I incorporated some things that they would do that would be recognizable today and then we would bring then they would see Dean do his thing and they would see Jerry do his thing alone and together and we I just made a show out of that and then I have a rap pack show okay. with Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Dean Martin hosted Jerry Lewis hosts the summit. I don't call the Rat Pack show because all these Rat Pack shows all are the same. They call themselves the Rat Pack and they all have Marilyn Monroe. And having the Marilyn Monroe made me do this. Jerry Lewis was Sinatra's. Sinatra was Jerry Lewis's boss. Dean was his partner. Sammy was his best friend. Who was better to be with them than Jerry? So when I see Marilyn Monroe, and I don't take nothing away from the Marilyn Monroe's, she definitely definitely should be on stage. But I just can't see why not Jerry on stage with the three boys versus Marilyn Monroe. So I turned around and I said, instead of calling the Rat Pack, it's Jerry Lewis host the Summit. Because that's what the original name was, the Summit, Mm -hmm. not Rat Pack. Rat Pack was a nickname for them. They were a bunch of rats. Okay. (laughs) I didn't know that. Lorna Bacall gave them that. That was her thing. Lorna Bacall gave them that nickname. But Humphrey Bogart started the summit. He was the head guy. 
And then when he died, Sinatra took over, and she called them a bunch of uh, uh, a pack of rats, and that's how the Rat Pack show became what it is today. I didn't so know I, that. I, in return, just do the same, but hosted by Jerry, because Jerry should have been there if Jerry didn't do what he did, and that was try to be exact. What he really did was he tried to be there without them. And then when he realized, no, I should have been there with them. And that's why Sinatra brought him back in 1976. And you know that I was there. And I have a whole story about me meeting Jerry, but I never did. So <laughs> I have a whole Vegas story about that. And night of the telethon of uh, 1976, when Dean came out, I was there. And that was a thrill. That was a thrill, not, not for me. To everybody who's been waiting for years to see them together because there's no greater comedy team than them two, number one. There was no successful team plus individuals as them two. And there was no performance, entertainment, song and dance, comedy, all wrapped in one in those two guys. They started... Vegas. They started the lounge shows. Those two guys put it on the map for the Sinatras, the Nat King Cole, Sammy Davis, all the... They started it all. Those two guys started it all. And and, and I always give homage to Dean because without Dean there was no Jerry. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, Jerry was smart enough to know to take his character that he learned and did with Dean and made it and made it and made it on. Wow. And and like there's a book called Dean and Jerry uh, Dean uh, Dean and yeah Dean and Jerry well Dean and me sorry my show is Jerry and me both together okay and that's my show so because uh, he always said together both so mine is uh, 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 Jerry and me together both show that's my show and that's when I if I'm with a, a Martin and Lewis and uh, again, I'm learning right now. I'm putting a show together on my own to be Angelo Capone and explain all my characters. And what I'm going to do is dress right in front of them. I'm not going to, like, when I do a show, I run and I come back out. I'm going to do everything in front of everybody and tell the story of why. I, I think that's great. No, that's incredible. Yeah, that, it's like, I, because I can't escape. I need the prop. So the so if I'm getting changed as the, as, as the bellboy... There's Dean or Frank or Sammy singing a song, then it gives me time. I can't do that now. So what do I do? I'm Angela Capone telling you how this came about. Yes. And that's when I and then I change right in front of them. So I I trans I actually uh, 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 I I create the character so they can understand where this came from and and how the next came and how the next one came and in and the end of my show. I do the clown. I come out and I have this song sending the clown and I put a clown's makeup on. Because that was the seriousness of Jerry Lewis. One thing was the clown. There was nothing serious about Jerry but the clown. The sad clown. The sadness being the serious. Without speaking. Right. He didn't, he didn't need to say anything because the face said it all. Right. The clown. And, and, and that, but in mine, I, ma I make it a little funnier because I'm actually putting the clown makeup on and I have a picture of, uh, like, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm doing this for my girl. And in the end, the girl is really Jerry Lewis 
dressed as a woman. <laughs> this face dressed as a woman, and that's my girl, and that's how I end that show. But you know, I have a, a, a format how I'm going to do it, and uh, hopefully, I get it where I want it. In the meantime, I'm doing the. Uh, I bring in my props. I bring in the guys, and uh, like I, I worked with four deans already. I worked with a couple of Sinatras. I worked with a couple of Sammys already. So it's good for me that I could be with all these people, and I'm still just the warm Jerry. So, uh, and I got to take advantage of that because there's no Jerry's out there. There's one Jerry out there, and he has a Martin Lewis, but I don't look to him. I look at him as differently. We're not the same. We're not the same. Well, he's, he's Jerry Lewis, the impressionist. Well, I'm Angelo, I'm Angelo Capone, the impressionist. So, you know, there's a difference. So, so we're coming to the, we're coming to the close. I want to say this to you, though, Angelo. Okay. Um, first of all, thank you for this incredible interview. Thank you for touching my people. It was my pleasure. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for people like you who get my story out there because it's never been told. It's incredible, and I know you've touched someone's life today, and. Like, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? Touching someone's life and giving them hope. And if anyone can do that, it's you. Um, wow. Okay. I'm usually never speech- speechless, but listening to you and your stories and... Wow. Okay. So, I want to thank all my guests out there for listening. Um, th- uh, this show will be put out there. I'll, I'll put the audio on Facebook tonight. Um the show will be out there also, and I'll spread the word, and I'll you know I'll repost it everywhere. Um, I want to thank everybody out there. I want to thank Steve um, and our Angel for you know having us. Remember then radio. Incredible.